She just flung herself at me when I started clapping. All right. <laughs> now okay. we'll start. Now we can start. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. Guess what today is? What is today? The day where we finally show people what incredible nerds we are. <laughs> That's the truth. Because I've edited out a couple of times just because it didn't flow quite with the conversation. Not because it was bad, just because it didn't flow. And so now... Our deep abiding love of sci-fi, sci-fi. is going to show up right here. In it, yeah, it really is. And not, <laughs> not necessarily like with technical stuff, but just with like the concept of sci-fi. I think we both really love it. Yeah. And I actually, now that I've said I'm a nerd about it, I'm going to start second guessing myself because of gatekeepers in sort of the Star the Trek culture. community. Like, yes. maybe to them I'm not, but to me, I feel yeah. like I am. <laughs> so what was your, like, first exposure and or, like, favorite exposure to sci-fi? Well, so I don't know. My parents have always been really into it. My dad is a classicist by hobby. And so Aww. a lot of, like, the Odyssey stuff is basically sci-fi. And so right. when we, when Netflix first came out, my dad was a, media, was a media analyst. And when Netflix first came out, he, like, insisted on getting the highest amount of DVDs per week just because oh he wanted to support this cool new way that people could rent content. Yeah. And one of the things they had was the entire original series of Star Trek on DVD. <gasps> oh my god. And so we would get 3 of those a week and as a family watch all of them together. So for oh like my most of high school we were consistently watching like two episodes of Star Trek the original series a day. Like as a family, so it was still bonding yeah. time or whatever, but we were definitely like, you know, pretty nerding out about this together we would like make if we had friends over we'd make them watch it with us and stuff like it was a lot (laughs) what was yours okay so I grew up in a house basically with like no cable tv until we were like 12 or 13 because we just couldn't afford it they would show like the original series of Star Trek like early in the mornings and stuff and my dad would always wake up and we would watch it or like late at night and so we'd kind of watch it then too yeah like, on upn that's how old it was upn before <laughs> yeah. it was wb before it was whatever it is now i forget the cw is it still the cw, CW. No, no, CW now, now it's now. freeform they've switched oh, freeform. Again. okay they've changed again. so yeah so that's how long ago it was in the 90s and so because it was free and then i fell in love with star trek voyager yeah and i had like my first actual ships there oh my god like, okay yes. so you're like a way bigger nerd than i am about it i just have like oh. a deep and abiding love for it but i think that i only really have just gotten into the original series. Is Voyager the one with the female captain? Yes, yes, Captain Janeway. Oh yeah, that makes yes. sense that you'd love her. Yes, I <laughs> do love really her. She's really cool. Yeah, she is. Like and so and uh, we grew up like on like Star Star Wars was like the first like kind of secular movies I kind of remember watching because we which it's kind of strange but it was like my like other than like the Lion King Disney stuff it was like my first like grown up uh, PG yeah level movies growing up so yeah. I've always and I love Princess Leia and I love Captain Janeway and like in sci-fi there always seems to be like more female empowerment even though like yeah. the geek fandom doesn't really I like, know like, the geek fandom like, go along with that very well <laughs> like totally but you're weird. totally right and even in the book that we're talking about today it's like the there's just so many Women who are like literally kicking ass. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And so I really love that like aspect of it and stuff. So yeah, I've kind of like kept it hidden because for so long, for a girl to be a geek was so not necessarily bad, but it was like looked down upon. Well, I it guess. still can be a little bit like uh, not dramatic, but like a, some kind. Sometimes people just get really mad when women yeah. try to be involved with stuff like that. But yeah. the book that we're talking about today is giving us a chance to talk about 
some sci-fi-ish oh. things, some a lot of tarot, like way more than I expected so there to be. Tarot. I know. And... I said to be like one thing and be tarot and done. Yeah, no. exactly. It's like such a through line throughout. That's why we chose it because we're doing reviews of books occasionally that have tarot components. We've done two non-fictions or two fictions and one non-fiction. And this is a combination of three of our loves, sci-fi, yeah. romance, and tarot. I know. We kind of found like the perfect trifecta here. Yeah. How I just stumbled randomly across it. I was like, ooh, this is called Queen of Swords. <laughs> that How seems long, like, do they mean that to be Queen of Swords, Queen of Swords, or like like Queen of Swords, you know? <laughs> and and it actually was like they both of them. It's both. Exactly. Alright, so welcome to Wildly Tarot Podcast. Esther, do you want to pull a card of the day for this week's episode? Yes, and I have a special card of the day today. Yes, you do. I'm so excited about these. So Holly and I have hinted for like a couple weeks, not even like really like we've just like subverse not subversely we holly said it but who knows if anyone really caught it or if anyone's listening to anything i said yeah you know (laughs) or anyone if anyone's listening to this podcast you know at all (laughs) so we created a deck but it's like a learner's beginner deck (laughs) and i'm just smiling like smiling like an actual looney tune yeah so i just got it in the mail today the proof copy yay and i'll need to make some minor edits but otherwise it looks really good it feels really good (gasps) i'm I'm so so excited excited. about it i'm glad you didn't let me buy one of the like editor copies i know i told you i was like like no holly let me buy a proof coffee first yeah in case something's wrong see the proof then you can buy it i'm like (laughs) fine meanie how dare you make me be responsible (laughs) she she was like pouting like how dare you keep this from me and i'm like nathan will thank me later holly (laughs) yeah Exactly. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So on one side of the card, the backs of the cards are actually like the name of the card itself. Just only the name. Just only the name. And then the front of the card is usually three definitions, either the elemental sign or the astrological sign. And then we have Terra de Marseille. Yeah. And we also have like what it means. So um, like as in like the suit meanings. Like, yes categories yeah i think it's just a good learners it'd be a good really good learners deck yeah it's really pretty esther chose these colors that are like really really gorgeous so each of the different suits has a different color association on it also yes the majors are purple the wands are like a coral the pentacles are like a seafoam green. <laughs> the cups are like a nice blue. I don't know what, like, it's not like a normal blue, but it's a blue that goes with coral and seafoam. Yeah, exactly. Both <laughs> pictures. <laughs> and the yellow, I was actually surprised with the yellow because I'm like, I have to say, I have an aversion to yellow <laughs> because it does not match any, like, my skin tone does not go well with yellow, but this is like a really nice yellow. Yeah. So I'm just so excited and for the swords. And they look so pretty yeah. together. Yeah. They do look so pretty. So, I'm going to pull for our card of the day from that deck. So let me, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then one more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And we have, why are you laughing? I just love it when you count. <laughs> it's to keep myself from like 
shuffling for a million years. No, I get it. I just love it so much (laughs) because you're also a little bit self-conscious about it. So you're always trying to do it super fast. I know, really fast. Like, (laughs) one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then I like all the cards fly out. Yeah, exactly. Like, I am not judging at all. Do not worry. Okay. Okay. So I pulled the Knight of Cups as our card. And it's, of course, Cups is elementally water. Ta-da. Yes, ta-da. Um, but the three definitions on it are imaginative, helpful, and artistic. So I think that's a really good, like, indication of our episode. This episode, especially in what we're kind of unveiling today, is very Knight of Cups. We're just kind of letting it all out there, letting yeah. our emotions all out there. So this is, like, I mean, a perfect transition. Like, it freaks us out. But we started a Patreon. Yeah, we have. Yeah. And I think we have really cool goals and gifts exactly. for our Patreon subscribers. And one of them is that deck. It is. So <laughs> so if you just subscribe to our Patreon at a certain level, you get this deck. Exactly. So that's how we're kind of releasing this deck. It's not going to be a Kickstarter. It's not going to be like paying to buy it from a store or something. It's going to be via Patreon. Yeah, so. exactly. And so just you can find more information about all the different levels uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Probably just wildly tarot, right? I think it's just wildly tarot. We should we should double check. We are prepared for this wildly tarot podcast. Yeah, exactly. See, look at how much we earn your patronage. I know. What do you call Patreon? Lots of levels and lots of different gifts for you all. So we'll be definitely able to have like a different level of interaction with our Patreon. Yeah, exactly. And like some of the levels include like additional content, like designated moon minute videos, extra podcast episodes, all sorts of those things. I mean, I'm sure I know that I support several podcasts on Patreon. um, And I think the thing that makes us really special is all of the awesome gifts that we have associated with it. So at a certain level, you'll get like curated cards from us even or like a book or one of our favorite tarot things. Um, And like Esther said, one of our tiers includes the tarot deck that we just created that we're so excited about. And even if there's something that you want to kind of have us talk about or if you have a deck that you want us to talk about you can sponsor us to talk about that for an episode as a topic yeah or something like that so we are totally open for kind of whatever you want to do and now i'm sweating i know i know I, this is like okay we've let this out into the world are people gonna hate us sort of thing like well and like i know that like yeah there's a lot of vulnerability with being like here's what's going on but the reality of the situation is that there's so many cool things that we want to do and having support from patreon is going to be really helpful and allowing us to kind of do those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Uh... <laughs> because because for us, we've been doing this podcast for almost a year now out of pocket. And so at least, like, being able to support the podcast for us to continue this, you know, would yeah. be... Yeah, I mean, we'll continue it either way, but it would be oh, freaking yeah. great if we could get our hosting yes. keys covered. <laughs> Nathan would love that. <laughs> My king of pentacles husband would be super into that. But yeah, so we're really, we're honestly really excited about it. We have so many fun things planned. Um, We've already uploaded a couple of them onto Patreon. So basically we're stoked and we really appreciate any support that you guys would be willing to give us. Yeah, because we love you. Yeah, exactly. And so to not belabor the point, why don't we talk about this book a little bit? Oh my gosh, Holly. I know. I know. I was texting you yesterday being like, I'm really excited to talk about this with you. Okay, good. (laughs) Good. And I'm so glad I saved like the last half of the book because I've been so afraid that I'm going to forget 
because I have short-term memory, I guess, issues, or it just goes out of my brain. I just don't remember it anymore. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, let's get this talking because I have lots to talk about. Get but this talking. Hopefully I'll remember this. <laughs> so we, like we said at the very beginning, the two, and also we mentioned frequently in the podcast, we really, really love romance novels. Like it's probably yeah. one of my favorite genres. I love a happily ever after. I love like how romance novels are almost always written by really cool women and especially in the modern era of romance novels they're almost always writing incredibly dynamic characters so I do think like if you read a romance novel when you were like a kid and it was your mom's and it was like a literal like ripped bodice sort of like weird something you weren't super into I do think that it might be worth giving romance a second shot because there's just such a huge variation of what's available in this day and age and they're so much fun. And they're fun reads and they're fast and you don't have to to necessarily like worry if you're going to miss something typically. So that's always <laughs> nice. <laughs> I pay pretty close attention. Well, I mean, my biggest problem is that I pay really close attention when I'm reading it, get super 100% emotionally involved, cry the whole time, and I put it down. And if I don't put anything on Goodreads about what the high points were or anything, I almost uh-huh. immediately forget everything about it. Like names, uh, what yeah. happens. Like when I yeah. read the description, I can be like, oh, right. Yes, I did like that. But generally, right. like... It's just like a perfect thing to transport you momentarily and then bring you back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the book we're talking about is Queen of Swords by Katie Robert. And it was written in 2012. She's actually like a USA Today bestseller. She's written like 40 novels and novellas. And Queen of Swords is her second ever. (laughs) I know. When you told me that yesterday, I was like, what? This is so good. I know. It's so surprising. But you know what? I was uh, listening to a romance podcast, the Faded Mates one that Sarah McLean is one of my favorite authors does. And she was saying that she always really likes like romance lovers first attempts at romance romance novels because they often include every single trope that that person loves and so it's usually really fun because you can tell like this person's been thinking about it forever and these are the components they wanted to include which is such a true like such an accurate thing with this one too there's so many good tropes we're gonna try to not like reference heaving bosoms throughout the entire time because we don't want to like step on their toes but We've mentioned before, we love Aaron and Melody so much. They do such a great job of like being hilarious, wonderful people just in general, but they're also really good at recapping romance novels. They are. I know. Um, Some of their lingo. I can't do this. I can't do this. I know. You can. It'll be fine because we know what we're doing too. But also they have a lot of lingo associated with their podcast that we're going to like really try not to just completely even though in our regular lives we've absorbed a lot of that (laughs) we're gonna try to not like bring it up too much in this just so that we can you know keep it together be accessible to all people exactly exactly this book came out in 2012 it's like 350 pages it's the second technically in the series and both of us read the first in the series but the first in the series was like a 100 page novella yeah, it wasn't long at all. It wasn't long, and it also isn't totally required for the understanding yeah, of this it's, one. It's not. It's really not required, but I would say there's like lots of context that you won't get, right? Because like, that's you the don't thing about it. sci-fi, and I feel like that's what's kind of prevented me from getting into sci-fi in the past. Is like there's a lot of world building, and right. that can just kind of be a slog. But Katie did such a good job of like sort of 
getting it into the story without it feeling like it was just a ton of exposition about like, here's what's going on. Here are the bad guys. Right. Here's whatever. And to be honest, this is both of our first sci-fi romances. Oh yeah. 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 Like yeah. I'm just assuming that it's like that because other sci-fi books I've read have been like that. <laughs> Well, and it's not necessarily like world building like you would find like in Hunger Games was totally new. It's more of just like almost like religious confines. Yeah. building. I would say yeah. more like that. Like it's pockets of like religious people ish. Not technically. I wouldn't say religious, but that's like the only way I can kind of it describe ca- it. So like it's, cultural. Like, yeah. The different like um, types of aliens basically. Yeah. All yeah. have different religions and the bad guys are humans. The This human sect called Sanctify. Um, yes. And they'll come up. But anyway, so the first, the novella is something you can skip if you want to. Um, yeah. And then the reason that we chose it is because both of them, like Esther said, have tarot names. The novella is called The High Priestess, and this is called The Queen of Swords, or Queen of Swords, not The Queen of Swords. We were thinking, like, great, if they mention tarot a couple of times, that'll be enough. But it's, like, yeah, really but- used frequently. Yeah, it's used as, not even just as a plot device, it's, like, used... through the whole entire book and in some ways kind of like how we would use tarot like when she's anxious she's just like flipping she's like shuffling her cards (laughs) that's i was like this is me i feel seen in the scene (laughs) yeah exactly like (laughs) oh i'm in the bathroom shuffling okay that's me it's me okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly just shuffling forever (laughs) she hasn't learned the seven and seven trick (laughs) i know (laughs) if only she knew (laughs) if only she knew but anyway so it opens on our two main characters in a bar we meet ophelia and boone who are like the protagonists and Ophelia is a hard drinking kind of like sad overwhelmed woman like she's she just lost a bunch of her shipmates and something that ended up being kind of her fault or she was warned against it through her cards and she ignored the cards thinking that she knew better and so she's like trying to drink the pain away and so she's at this bar and Boone is at this bar because he has been tasked at gathering her, basically kidnapping her to be part of his brother's harem. And his brother's like the king of this other human like World. group. Yeah, planet, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah, planet. Hey, that's a good word. <laughs> and if this is like unusual for romances since I read mostly historicals. It like basically never starts with them getting on, getting it on. Getting on. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. First chapter, it's like, you know, oh, they had a really great night. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like in the very first chapter, they're making out. He's like surprised at that this like drunk belligerent woman who was just like threatening to punch somebody who grabbed her out is like such a tender kisser and all this stuff and so (laughs) there's all of this like banter and sexy time stuff that happens right off the bat and in fact my note for chapter two just says all sex this chapter (laughs) (laughs) all i just said was that he gets a call from his sister that's all i got oh right yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly and so there's really good banter though they have like a super good back and forth and that's like kind of throughout the whole thing they're really adorable together they're adorable but they kind of like hate each other because of the like there's personality conflict that's done really well it's not just like they're falling all over each other like all the time there's like the banter is yeah in like you're making you're wanting me to do something I don't want to do sort exactly of exactly and so that's really like a lot of this tension comes from like that good right. like, sexual tension and from like the romance perspective that's considered friend or enemies to lovers where there's like oh, tension okay. and they kind of don't like each other but then they grow to love each other mm-hmm. they like they have sex right after they meet and she wakes up the next morning and he's still asleep and she's like hearing her link ping which is their phone or it's a watch it's basically 
basically like an Apple Watch almost. But she's hearing it ping and she's like, oh my God, what the hell? Like, where is it? She's looking everywhere for it. It's under the bed. And her mom is calling her and her mom's like, you need to get home right now. And she's like, what the hell? Like, okay. And she and her mom are both diviners, which is like a specific race of people, basically. They're like human adjacent. They look like humans. Yeah, they're but human they have and violet alien. Eyes. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. basically like humans, but yeah, they have like violet eyes and have this connection with their god who they just call the lady, which is really funny. The cursing in here. The cursing in this book is so great. <laughs> well, and we miss the cursing from Sanctify. Like in the first, like the novella, the Sanctify guys, like Bail Dammit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. don't say they don't say God damn it, they say Bail damn it, and the the diviners say Lady damn it. Yeah, and then Boone because he has no religious affiliation just say God's damn it. Yeah, so I just thought it was really cute that's like way to distinguish. One of my favorite. So there's a podcast that I listen to called The Dark Ages. That's a comedy fiction. It's basically like The Office, but in like a medieval other world basically and it's so funny and they always are saying like what the hells and all of those like pluralizations <laughs> of different like you know things like that it's really funny yeah. to me. I really like that when she finds her stuff she leaves and it kind of does some world building like you see that it's sort of like grimy it's not a really safe place for humans because it used to be like a trading planet and then sanctify this the bad guys came in and started sowing the seeds of like basically racial tension or tension between the different types of aliens. And then an accident happened where an alien that literally has giant spikes on its shoulders accidentally killed a human child. And it gave sanctify like basically the reason to take over the planet and make it, a really dangerous place for a diviner and really for any aliens. Well, and then I'll kind of set up the world of Sanctify. Sanctify yeah. is very nationalistic. Yes. So they have this guy who set himself up as the high priest. Right. And he kills anything that's not human, basically. He'll go into a planet. Everyone will take over. The They will kill anybody, basically torture them to death. But they torture diviners, especially because the high priest is the only one to claim that he knows how to divine. Exactly. So these diviners are basically liars. And so he, he has it specifically out for diviners so if anyone sees violet eyes they know that they're a diviner so that's why it's extra dangerous for ophelia and we also learned the first book her mother yeah because it's passed down for the female generation yeah so that's why it's kind of dangerous for ophelia to just be walking home because sanctify has come and there have been like upheaval recently and yeah. so this big nationalistic group is just not um it's just making every all this unrest happen so it's kind of a dangerous place on her planet right now yeah and it's like full-blown violent like there yeah. is actual risks of violence it's not just like detainment or anything which is like kind of extrapolated more in the first book it comes out in this one too but basically they're the sanctify is like no redeeming qualities yeah it was really interesting because the sanctify also follows like the equinox and all of the like the witchy holidays yeah so i thought that was like really interesting but it's like a fa- like a fake religion basically yeah. it's, it's it is. more of like a military power that focuses on it's i mean honestly there's i think probably intentionally a lot of like sort of American imperialism overtones. Like, using the religion to be like, these people don't believe, and they deserve to be slaughtered. Yeah. And so that's, like, very kind of a thread throughout. But anyway, so they're living on this planet, like I said, because it used to be a really good trading base, and she and her family own this sort of, like, gun-running business. Like, they are sort of, like... The Han Solo, if Han Solo was, like, also married to a diviner and had a human child. Yeah. 
that isn't i mean yeah. i have you know i guess like that's <laughs> a human sort term. of accurate although yeah. leia's yeah. not a diviner but anyway but so, she could be yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't know in this world she is yeah. yeah exactly but anyway so they're like gun runners basically and that's why her mom wants her to come back to their house because there's like some readings about that her mom has been getting that really worry her Right. And her dad, we learn the first book, is a former Sanctify soldier. So, and by meeting the mom, they get married. So he's a former Sanctify person that married a diviner. And so, like, he, they're in a special position. Like, they have to stay hidden because yeah. if he's found out, then he's, he's a traitor. You know, screwed. He's yeah. a traitor. And if she's found out, she's going to die. So Spoiler it's like alert. in a very precarious, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That <laughs> yeah. precariousness is, you know, used there. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's also when we meet, uh, when she's, like, walking around, it kind of intersperses a conversation that Boone has with his sister, where it sort of plants the seeds that Boone is there to get Ophelia for her, for the their brother but is not on their brother's side like it sort of begins to plant the seeds that like Boone and his sister Jenny are separate from their brother and their brother's like an asshole and they're not on his team or anything but he still has been like given this responsibility to track her down okay so she goes home her mom makes her do a reading and the reading suggests that this prince Boone's brother who wants to marry her. And that's kind of the difference. Boone thinks that she's being added to his harem, but uh, Ophelia's parents are saying like, we've been told that he wants to marry you. And we really think you should because you know, his mom or her mom is getting these like vibes that from the lady that it's the right move. And so she does a tarot reading for herself with her mom and dad there where she gets the fool, the wheel of fortune, and then the 10 of cups. And so their Mm -hmm. interpretation is that, the Ten of Cups being there means that she needs to marry this prince because it will kind of be a change in their fortunes. It will make everything better. And then sh- the result will be this like Ten of Cups. And yeah, she goes her through. Ending, yeah. yeah. It'll give her the happy ending. So thank you. I'm just like, you know, You're Ten welcome. of Cups. Ten of Cups. <laughs> and they go through what all those different meanings are to them and how they're yeah, all working and like, together. This tarot in this book was so smart. I was just like, ooh. Ooh, like yeah, I, like, I was not like go. there was a, there there wasn't a time where a card flipped over. Even like she, she uses ill dignified in and plays the spreads. Reversed, yeah, ill dignified is was upside so down. Adorable. <laughs> I thought it was so too. Like ooh, I'm ill dignified. Um, <laughs> I got really ill dignified last night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, where but even like those meanings weren't out of place. Yeah, I felt. Like, totally. They were very. It was like very smartly applied. Right. So. And so because she just had this experience with her ship, kind of like losing a bunch of people because she didn't pay attention to the cards, that holds so like the initial reading of those holds complete sway over her she's like i know that if i ignore this people will die because that's what's happened in the past and because her her dad her dad's not religious at all he's like just ignore the reading just stay home blah blah blah. and his mom and the mom and her like no i have to listen to it because otherwise the lady will punish me yeah because once a reading is done the lady you have to kind of follow through with it like you will find out later that if someone asks for reading she's compelled to give a reading because if she doesn't then the lady will come back and essentially punish her for not using her gift the the way that she was yeah and it's not like punishment like something bad immediately happens it's more like just not having things work out the way that you right thought they yeah. would it's like a more karmaic sort of yeah exactly so that's like the very first instance of having those car or ha- having tarot cards they don't actually call them tarot cards they're just called cards but it's all cards. the same 
like yeah. meanings that you know Smithwaite Deck would have associated with it. Right. And so she does this reading. Her dad's like, just ignore it. And she's like, no, I can't. I have to marry this prince. And then Boone shows up because he knows where she lives. Of course, he's been tracking her for like days and days and days. That sort of starts off their journey together because she doesn't fight it because she thinks that she has to. She thinks like the lady, you know, this is required. This is kind of my fate. Boone talks more like internally about how awful his brother is. Like he is realizing like I like this woman is really, really interesting. And maybe I don't want to basically condemn her to my sadistic piece of shit brother. Maybe that's like not how we should do this. (laughs) Yeah, because because she they only know him as like this prince of a planet sort of thing. And he has lots of money. They don't know like the sadistic side of him that Boone knows. Yeah, exactly. And so Boone kind of especially because they they act they didn't mean to sleep together but yeah they ended up sleeping together so now chemistry. he kind of feels like um i'm kind of bringing her into like a really bad place yeah and then he doesn't treat her and well when yeah. boone meets the parents they're like oh yeah she's gonna be marrying the prince and he like his gut drops he's like no that's like even worse if they're married to each other like that's yeah. even less protection of people if they're actually married and so she he like has this kind of moment of like fuck like we can't do this Um, which makes sense because they end up going to his ship and rather than going straight to the planet and this comes up later, they end up sort of diverting elsewhere. Um, but this whole, the banter is just insane here. And when they get to his ship, which is like a little ship, but it's apparently the fastest ship in the universe. Uh, they meet his little (laughs) friend who's another type of alien that's short and hairy or it's kind of like a gnome. Is this the Everine yeah. or the be- Bayamite? I the think Everine. Yeah. Everine. Yeah. It's not the cat one. Yes, there's a cat no. one later. Yeah, I, was, I was like, wait, which one? Which, I have the alien species names right, written down here. <laughs> so which one are we talking really about? Big, I, that's a smart idea. <laughs> but so Boone's like co-pilot here is named Gee and or G. I think we'll go with G. It, I think Gee. Because yeah. gee, thanks. It doesn't sound. Yeah, so exactly. Gee, I think it's a bit exactly. More. <laughs> um, but there's confirmation in like the end of the chapter by the end of the chapter that Boone is definitely not taking Ophelia to his brother, and they have again like such such good banter because she does she like she's willing to go but she doesn't but because they like slept together she's like also hating him a little bit too for what the role he's kind of taken well and she doesn't know know that he's related to the guy that she's supposed to marry yeah and also why are you taking he's decided that they're not going to christian which is her brother's name or which is his brother's name that they're going to do something else like she doesn't also throws me off that his name is christian by the way i know it's with a k (laughs) it, it was spelled strangely well not strangely but it was just spelled differently than c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n and i was like chris christian is there a different way i should pronounce this (laughs) nope i also kind of thought that it was funny that his name was boone because boone seems like such an old west name to me but he is kind of like a space cowboy yeah he's a space cowboy (laughs) just a little with his own chewbacca you know so it kind of works yeah exactly except for (laughs) his is a cat which almost sounds better to be honest yeah um but anyway so there she's like kind of forgetting to forgetting his name on purpose to sort of like get under his skin like you know you're so meaningless to me that I think your name is Butch or whatever. And they just are kind of like, you know, going back and forth. There's three other guys who are triplets, like mute triplets on the ship. So this is when G asks for a reading because they're just like on the ship and she's like oh i'd love to know and he apparently comes from an alien species that has a lot of trouble conceiving 
and like they just don't have babies and this alien species but he's married to marcy and he always is talking about how marcy would really like ophelia and how marcy this marcy that blah 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 blah. like he clearly really loves his wife and in the reading he gets the eight of wands the empress and the sun which she's basically like there's no way to interpret the eight of wands or the empress with the sun other than that she's going to be pregnant. Like there's going to be a baby in your family and it's going to happen soon. And she interpreted the eight of wands as like, you have some unexpected news coming. So I thought that was really like unexpected news and it involves like a baby. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, the cards don't lie. Like if the cards, if I, you know, if we could ignore them so simply and it wouldn't have any ramifications, then my shipmates would be dead. And it's just more of her like sort of emotional turmoil about it. And then Boone gets mad at her. Yeah. Why does he get mad at her? Boone gets mad at her because he thinks that she shouldn't have read for him because it was false hope. Is that why? Or is it just because of the cards? I don't remember. I think, I think, I think it was like a false hope thing, but I think it also, there was some subtext that he's had a bad reading before. Oh yeah. But that's kind of like not really ever brought up It's never resolved. So I was like, well, it's brought, it's brought up towards the end of the book where he's like, well, maybe that old diviner was Was right. And I was like, then it was like, well, what did the old diviner say? Like, yeah, we might have missed something because I was confused yeah. about that too. Yeah, but then she was all, look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, <laughs> but I'm going to do it, okay? Yeah, exactly. Just like from Galaxy Quest. It's Galaxy Quest. It's like, yes. I know that this is pointless. So her only job is just doing tarot readings, apparently. <laughs> the whole entire time. Exactly. Which I don't really I mean, get. Really does, um, but but yeah. yeah, so anyway, then he, like, Boone realizes that he's, like, way too angry. Like, he's like, why am I so mad? And so she is sitting there kind of alone being like, what the hell is this guy's problem? And she is playing with her cards. Like we talked about how she does when she's bored, like just flipping through her cards. And she pulls the the fool, the wheel of fortune and the two and the 10 of cups again. And she's really frustrated by that because she's like, wait, I chose that fool moment. Like I stepped off of my home planet and I'm on this journey already. Like, why am I getting the exact same cards? So she pulls one more card after getting the fool and the wheel of fortune and the 10 of cups again, when she's like just board shuffling and she pulls one more card and gets the lovers. Oh yeah. And so I really liked that moment also because she's talking about how it means harmony and union, but it's also about choice. It's about using intuition rather than rationality, which is all like really good distinctions within the lovers or, and then she says, or when taken more literally, and then she like has a flashback to when she and Boone were getting it on. I know. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. It was so (laughs) adorable. Anyway, they are on this journey. They go through the warp points and those apparently impact diviners more seriously than any human. No one can really figure out why, but she thinks it's because of the ability to change channel the lady and whenever she goes through a warp point she gets really sick and that's important to set up for later like she her body doesn't really handle it super well but when she gets really sick Boone is like really caring like everyone kind of files out and she's like sitting there sweating and shaking and he brushes her hair out of her face and says like are you okay and it's like such a tender moment which is interesting because they've been kind of at each other's throats since the whole thing started like they are not tender with each other but he's like feels really bad for her that she's so sick yeah she doesn't trust him at all so exactly which is understandable (laughs) definitely (laughs) and so jenny calls again and christian or and boone is like yeah she's already being a pain in the ass she's only going to be more of a nightmare (laughs) when she realizes that i'm not taking her to christian <laughs> yeah and jenny's a character herself so and that's, jenny's she's a really character funny. herself yeah. even just in the phone calls she's funny so yeah exactly 
And so, yeah, it becomes like really clear that they're doing something out of Christian's purview. And then when they get to this planet, Ophelia realizes that they're not on the desert planet that she was expecting. That's like where the desert planet is kind of like where the home base for um, Christian is. She like kind of realizes that something is afoot and they get into an actual physical fight. She has like all these <laughs> knives on her all the time. <laughs> like all of her jewelry like ends up turning like to knives and weapons and stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Exactly. <laughs> and so he locks her into the room and they're just like, again, there's just so much banter happening. They just like have all of this chemistry together. And even when they're like physically fighting, which again is something that I don't see a lot in my romance novels because I'm only read historical. Like I've never seen physical fighting in a romance I know, novel yeah. in this way. But they just like kind of our butting heads and stuff. And so she gets locked into the room that results in even more like exposition about G being really liking her and like really loving mm-hmm. her because of that tarot reading and also how much he loves his wife. Yes. And he's like caring for her by making sure she has food and stuff, like whatever she kind of wants. He's kind of the one that's kind of checking up on her. Yeah. And this is also, this. I mean, it moves fast because this is also when he's like, look, you can't marry him because the minute you do, he's going to own your family's company, basically. Right. Like, there's no way for you to marry him and also protect your own assets. So even from a non, like, he's a sadistic bastard sort of thing, she's they, she still has reasons to not marry him. Like, she has a lot of money and a lot of access to we- weapons and a lot of access to sort of influence and all of this stuff. And that's what Christian's after when they're arguing Boone realizes or Boone helps her realize that. And then also realizes that she was like pretty blacked out the first time they were hooking up, which I right. didn't totally like, I mean, just from a consent perspective, but it was 2012. I think maybe people were slightly less aware of, of right, yeah. that. And she was like an enthusiastic participant, but just retroactively can't mm-hmm. really recall much of what was going on. So that's And weird, I don't know but... if that was because of like the lady diviner stuff, because like oh, maybe. it's kind of it's kind of like revealed that she's like her mother kind of leveled up and like and she's kind of leveled up in the divining stuff. So I don't know if that's part of the process too. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I, don't, I mean, I, it's never kind of clarified. So she gets flashes of what's happened and, like, memories come back. Yeah, exactly. But oh, just the true. initial, so, she... so, but just the initial, like, sense of, like, what did I do last night? Yeah. Is, it's just, like, nothing totally. that is there. She just knows that she enjoyed herself. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. And he's, like, very sexy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So then Tarot comes back up. She's sitting there, yes. like, still locked in her room. And she knows that if she pulls three cards, it's just going to be the Fool, the Wheel of Fortune, and the Ten of Cups again. Yeah. So she does a spread, a seven-card spread. And I really liked it. And I did yeah. it yesterday while I was at work. Um, I posted about it briefly you on did. my Instagram story. I know. It was so cute. Because <laughs> You're going to make like... me want to buy this Mesquite Tarot again after I decided. <laughs> No, not to buy it. You're gonna. Make, you're making me want to buy it. Again. I know. It made me happy that I had repurchased it when I was playing yeah. around with it. But basically, it's like shaped like a cross, and the card in the very center of the cross represents you. The card above it represents your mirror or your partner. The cards to the left and the right of the you card represent the present. The card, the two cards below the you card, both represent the future. And then the final card is the outside influences. So it's kind of like yeah. a modified Celtic cross, but I think only having seven cards and having really only five positions 
mm-hmm. makes me like it more. Like, I really yeah. like those five positions. Yeah. And I especially like because, like, for the present and future, there are two cards for each of those. Yeah. So I think it gives a bit more context than just drawing, like, one card. Exactly. Because for me, just one card is just like, okay, present. Uh, okay, two pentacles, balance. Okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah, but like, when you know, two, it, it seems yeah, like when you two, can, you can have down. a little bit more understanding and play with it. Yeah, Absolutely. So. Oh, that's when kind of the Queen of Swords thing comes up. She always right. is the Queen of Swords. Always. Yeah. Now, question. For your spread that you did yesterday, you were the Queen of Pentacles. Did you choose your signifier? No. Or, oh. I was I was like, did Holly choose her signifier? No. I was that thinking, like, out. I wonder what's going to come up as me. And when the Queen of Pentacles came up, I was like, what? Oh, chills. Yeah. Now like, I was like, sitting so in my ch- office like, wow. And I think maybe that's why I like the spread so much. Because, like, <laughs> maybe. I mean... I it mean, just it, it got you on point. Or like, the mosquito tarot is just like really trying to get into my good graces. Like giving me the Queen <laughs> of Pentacles for the signifier of myself when that's the signifier I choose for myself. Right. Is like really beautiful. Like that yeah, means so know. much to me. Because <laughs> I thought, because I for real thought it was like, she probably chose her signifier because there are some deck like, yeah, like some cross you can totally choose it. So for. nope, mm, it just came fancy, out. Fancy, fancy. I know. I loved it so much. <laughs> but yeah, I I really like this the spread too, especially because we don't really like the Celtic cross. I but I think this modified. What well, this is one of the better modified versions. I I've think seen. so too. And I think that the reason that I like it is because of the combos. And I really like yeah. reading combos, which is why I'm always pulling extra clarifiers. It's not that I need clarity. It's that I. I like the dynamic nature of mm-hmm. using cards in pairs. Yes. And so I, yes. I think that's why I like this. But anyway, so she gets uh, the queen of swords for herself. The mirror or her partner is the king of wands. And so she's thinking that has to probably be the partner, but she's still thinking that it's most likely the prince. Christian. Yeah. She thinks it's Christian. Yeah. Even though you're like, who's the king you're of like, wands? You're like, come on. Like, you're with come the on. guy. He's fiery. Like, yeah, come exactly. On. Get a grip. <laughs> Look at your. Look I know, at and yeah. she even thinks of him initially, but she's like, "No, it's can't no, be it's him." Not him. Which it is like, him. that's exactly what we love about romance novels. All of that, like, sort of like, oh, "No, I'm in denial <laughs> about this sort of thing." Um, and then she uh, for the it. present on either side, on the one side for the present, she gets five of wands and the empress. Empress, I think empress, because I've written down five of wands. Yes, and the empress, because yeah. she said the empress was odd. Yeah, and then for the future, she gets ten of swords and the lovers. And And then she looks at the bottom of the deck for, like, the driving force behind it or the influence, the outside influence, basically. And that is the King of Swords reverse, which we, of course, know is um, Christian. Christian Because because by this point, we've already have the dynamic of Boone kind of saying he's very sadistic with swords specifically. Yeah, exactly. And if you are, like, you know, a lover of good storytelling, you can probably already see quite a few things that are about to happen to these people. I know. Like having the five of wands and the empress show up as present. And then the 10 of swords and the lovers show up in the future. Like you kind of can see. Yeah. You can get a good. Yeah. (laughs) You can have a pretty good idea about it. Yeah. Yeah. So she, but her brain is saying like the king of wands has to be her intended husband and the king of swords reversed is somebody she hasn't met yet. Cause her brain just like won't let her, except that it could that Christian could be the wrong person because she's still anticipating the fool wheel of fortune 10 of cups combo as being right. about her relationship with Christian rather than the adventure that she's currently on. So she knows how to 
uh, hack into communication systems, and which is hilarious. <laughs> At least the specific one. Yeah, well, I, she I does think it's like later one specific too, one. On like a couple of different ships, she knows oh, how true. to do it. So she calls her parents and she gets her dad, and her dad's like, "What the hell happened? Where are you?" And um, it comes out that her mom or her parents were visited by an emissary saying that they were sent by Christian like that day, meaning she like fully knows that this is not something like she's definitely not going to Christians. She's definitely not aware of what's going on around her, which really freaks her out. Um, She's like, I don't think that I'm being held for ransom. And her mom is like so laissez faire about it. She's like, you're fine. You're safe. He's not going to hurt you. Drink some tea. Yeah. Like she's just like good time storm the castle casual about it. (laughs) And it's really funny because she's just like like it's just not cohesive what with what she's experiencing she's like right yeah her dad is like very freaked out like get back home right now sort of stuff like i'm gonna come get (laughs) you and bring you back i'm gonna kill this guy and her mom's like have a good time you can do you have this nice vacation sort of stuff so yeah and so she like g walks into the room and so she like quickly cuts off the conversation and it turns out he's bringing her lunch and he's like you know they have these called things called insta chefs which i think that would be like so wildly popular where basically like you press in buttons and then food is created for you which is kind right. of like a standard on spaceships basically yeah 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 i just keep thinking everyone's eating ramen all the time because there's like <laughs> yeah they're like it's like all these different flavors of ramen of noodles yeah seriously <laughs> yeah. so g brings her some uh some food and is like you know marcy would kill me if i let you just eat like the random crap that's in this um that's in like this specific room. There's just like liquor and synthetic food here. There's just kind of like some more banter between G and her about the kidnapping. And Oh, this is also the first time that it's mentioned that her mom can channel the lady after getting pregnant. Like that's apparently like leveling up for the the diviners. Tight, 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 titchy, T-Y-C-H-E. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Something like that. But there's like two levels, titchy and then Farunota? Nope, I didn't write those down. Fortuna, thank you. (laughs) Fortuna. So, like, Fortuna is like the highest level that a divine. So, there's like basically like a diviner who can like read cards. Yeah. There's tit, tight, tai chi, titchy that can like have like heightened senses of like talking to the lady. Yeah, and like really serious intuition. Yeah, into lots of intuition. And then there's like Fortuna, which has bigger gifts and like direct connection with the lady. Yeah, exactly. And it's proven it's not like a weird high priest sort of thing it's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah it's like an actual real thing it's not yeah. like a fake religion yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'll say that up front like every single person who's part of the diviner group can do this um yeah. but anyway we should start speeding through this because we have so much to go and we've already been recording for a while but um we yeah. so it comes out in the next chapter that boone um is like the leader of a group of refugees who were all escaping from his brother um, they're all on sort of this like more tropical planet, um, who, and they're all like 500 people strong who are followers of him and Jenny. Basically there's a ton, she's still feeling really, really sick from the time warp. And so she thinks that G has poisoned her because she's still puking. And it's yeah. been like a couple of days of travel. And she's like, why am I still so sick from that time warp? And obviously for those who can read between the lines, you're really like, girl, you're pregnant. Like, don't be crazy. Yeah. Like, like immediately. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the Empress and the five of wands coming up in the present. It's like, you're feeling conflict, but you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And through all of their banter back and forth and now her not feeling well, all of this stuff, Ophelia and Boone are like getting more and more connected and Boone is starting to feel really like he cares a lot for her. She cracks him up like in their, it's so funny because they'll be fighting and fighting and fighting and the banter always results in them like laughing at each other. Like they have this sort of playfulness and they're getting all this warmth for each other where like every time they're having a conversation, they like, you know, are kind of like, oh, classic you. Like they just are really yeah. getting each other because they're <laughs> spending so much time together. Um, but she still thinks that she's been poisoned. And he's like, definitely not. That's not what happened at all. And then his first mate for his regular big ship calls. And it turns out his dad, the king, has died. And so he realizes, Boone realizes, like now that the king is dead. There's no reason for Christian to not like basically invade the refugee camp and just kill everyone. And right. him. Yeah. And it's kind of implied that Christian killed their dad. Like, oh yeah. That's yeah, like yeah. the conversation. For so sure. it wasn't just like the dad was old and died that Christian kind of just like strategically made a move so he could kind of take over stuff. Yeah. And because of this new complication of like Christian's going to kill all my people, they decide that they have to take, her home they have to take ophelia home and then they have to go and protect their people basically (laughs) and he's like i need to get her home before i bully her into taking me back into my end of the bed basically (laughs) because they have all this like yeah they have all this chemistry sexual tension yeah the chemistry yeah yeah and so she's still really sick she's still feeling really captive she's like but they keep like warp jumping so yeah i think that's like a little play like for people who aren't familiar with romance tropes necessarily like the warp jumps make her physically ill so often it's not a surprise that you know that could be like a little diversion yeah diversion yeah and in some romance novels it'll be like oh we're on long car rides or long carriage rides or something else that's like (laughs) yeah going to come on you're just you're just you're just gonna have a baby yeah so that's another trope is the surprise pregnancy thing and of course like he's the only thing that she can smell in the whole ship that doesn't make her feel really sick he does all this reassuring that he's gonna take her home safely he's not doing anything shady and he says like well do you trust me and she just can't say yes because she's had all these experiences where she just can't really like let herself trust other people um and so he like his face darkens and they you know even though there kind of been some tension building like sexual tension building they just can't do it because she he needs her to trust him basically okay so they stop at another planet to kind of to refuel and to meet up with jenny and they he like puts her in the hotel and she's like resting there and then he goes to this bar um where he runs into an old friend named sadie who's like some sort of really white-skinned alien and they call yes. she, uh, Ophelia calls her an albino throughout the whole thing, but we know that that's like a genetic thing, not like an right. alien planet alien thing. thing. Yeah. So she's basically like very, very pale, and they kind of have some banter back and forth. And she's like noticing uh, Sadie notices somebody in the bar and is like, "Hey, do you want to go home? Like, let's go. Home. Like, trying to be all flirty, basically, to get him out of the bar." And they go back to the hotel, and Ophelia sees Sadie walking into his hotel room with him. But then, so she like bursts through the door and she's all jealous and they're just sitting. Yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, why are you talking? Yeah, You exactly. rejected him. You don't want him. <laughs> yeah, you rejected him so much. You're not interested, clearly. So she goes in and uh, more information kind of comes out that the prince has started working with the Sanctify like a little bit more closely and that the entire reason for Boone being sent to go pick up Ophelia is 100% to distract Boone from all of the shady stuff that that christian is doing on the side 
that's when it comes out that Christian is Boone's brother. Boone tells Ophelia everything, including that she's going home. And it ends with her feeling really sad that she like can't help more. But also it's the first time that she's called him by his first name. So it's clear that they've like reached some sort of point. And I think that that's like such good storytelling to let him be totally 100% transparent with her and still have there be tension because a lot of the times mm-hmm. or sometimes people will rely too much on there still being like unreliable information to create yeah. that tension. But it's really just that like he has all these outside forces that he has to worry about and he's really concerned for her and doesn't want her to be in any um, trouble. All right, blah, blah, blah. We're just going to kind of speed through some of this stuff. I just want to make sure that we're hitting all the tarot points. Yeah. She, she just keeps basically drawing for a little while the, the Ten of Cups, Wheel of Fortune, and the Fool, like, just constant. Like, and she'll put it back, cards back in, and she'll just keep on drawing them. So it's, that's kind of like the readings that sort of are in, in these in-between points is just those three cards, Fool, yeah. Wheel of Fortune, and Ten of Cups. Yeah. Like, just constant. And one of my favorite bits of banter happens when he they're still at the hotel, and he's, like, going through some of the stuff on the desk, and she pulls out her knife to, like, because she thinks he's an intruder, they kind of start getting all smoochy or like about to get smoochy. And she says, or, and it says she couldn't see his face in the darkness, but his breath ghosted across her lips. Close, very close. This isn't smart. And he said, probably not. He shifted. Then his tongue traced along the shell of her ear, making her eyes cross. You don't even like me. Only most of the time. And that surprised a laugh out of her, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. Like, you don't even that like me. Really no, cute. I don't like you most of the time. It's totally most fine. Of the time. And then she gets all annoyed because he doesn't want to have sex because she doesn't trust him, which is a separate thing. But she, oh, and in this scene or in this chapter, she's been pulling, she pulls the fool, the wheel of fortune and the 10 of cups twice in a row, like back to back. Like she pulls it because she's bored. She shuffles again. She pulls it again. And so she's still thinking like, what, like, what am I supposed to be doing to be resolving this? And she like keeps doing Oh, right. And then the Queen of Wands, she's shuffling out of boredom and the Queen of Wands show up, shows up. And then Jenny, her the sister, actually appears. And Jenny yeah. is the Queen of Wands. The, the next book of the series is called The Queen of Wands and it's about Jenny. But the moral of the story is Jenny's a blast. She's all she's, she's hilarious, like very like, you know, raucous. She likes to have a good time. She's also a little bit violent. And she they have like <laughs> a, a knife fight between the two of them. Like, just for like for fun. Practice. Yeah. Like, yeah, just to get energy out. And the result is that Jenny has to take Ophelia to a bar. And when they go to the bar, Sadie is there, but all of a sudden Sadie is violent towards her and they realize that something has shifted and they need to leave like right now, like they have to get off the planet. And the way that they decide to do that is for Sadie to go with Jenny and for Boone to go to his planet with his refugees to protect them. And Sadie's going to get, or Jenny is no, not Sadie Ophelia to go with Jenny and Jenny's going to get Ophelia safely home so that Boone can focus on protecting their people basically. Right. And there's a really cool last fight in a bar and then the scene. So yeah, exactly. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so fun because they do like a whole makeover sequence. That's really adorable oh, yeah. before they go to the bar. Yeah, they do. And then the fight happens and Boone shows up. Da, 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 da. Not, yeah, he's not really saving the day, but all both girls get pissed off at him for. Coming yeah, they're to save like the we, day. they're like we got handled. this. <laughs> <laughs> we had it. We're good. 
And I thought it was so funny because he, because Ophelia didn't want to go back, obviously, because she was like, I'm having a good time. Why are you trying to, you know, mess up my good time? And so he throws her over his shoulder per, you know, the, like the usual trope. And like, she, she's like, so she's like, has a good view of his butt. And I just thought it was really funny. She's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to stab him with my shoe, but he has a really cute butt. <laughs> yeah, anyway, exactly. So, that was really cute. Exactly. So they, they part ways and everything is going really well, which makes Boone kind of like nervous, but he's also yes. still brooding because he's like, everything's fine. Why am I still upset? And his first mate, Cole, who's the one who's part, who looks like a giant cat, is like, you don't just like this girl. You love her. You're sad to see her yeah. go. And he's yeah. like, no. And then Cole's like, well, you hate superstition. You hate fortune telling. Like, this will never work. Blah, blah, blah. And Boone's like, well, maybe. Like, maybe I can. Like, maybe I really do like her. And that's kind of what, like, sort of being confronted about that is what makes him realize. I thought that was a really, really cute scene. Yeah. Like, I love Cole. I'm like, Cole, I like you so much. Exactly. Cole is so sweet. And so anyway, they go through some more warp uh, points. And all of a sudden... Um, Boone and Cole are like confronted by three enemy ships. They're all these big giant white ships. The only people who fly white warships are sanctified because they're fucking so <laughs> dumb I mean, it's and just, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they're just, like yeah. so concerned about purity that all of their shit is just pure white, it's like white and gray. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so they surrender because they realize that there's just two of them and they're up against like, or I guess uh, there's five of them on the ship, but they're up against yeah. three warships. Like warships. There's yeah. not a chance. And so they just surrender yeah. Um, because he doesn't want to have his whole crew killed, basically. He's yeah. like, it's better if we just surrender. That, yeah, they know that Cole won't, like, farewell, and that he as the captain won't, but the others are humans, pretty much, so that to kind of give up their lives for the Exactly. And so they, uh, then meanwhile, Ophelia and Jenny are also taking warp points to get to her house. She's feeling sicker and sicker and sicker, like, just really, really, really sick. And again, out of boredom on this long ship, she pulls three cards and gets the tower, the 10 of swords and death uh, reversed. And she's like, shit, somebody has been taken captive. Like something yeah. has gone horribly wrong. And she knows that it's Boone then. And so by the time she gets to tell Jenny, like she runs through the ship to tell Jenny, Jenny's like, sanctify has my brother. Like she immediately yeah. knows. Yeah. Cause he was able to get a message out like right before sanctify. Like he was able to stealthily get, shit out to jenny and jenny's so they basically kind of meet in the hallway and we're like my brother's the captive hell? yeah you exactly know, captive and you know? because they're though the, they're those two women the queen of swords and the queen of wands they're like fuck we gotta go get this we're guy. gonna do this yeah i know <laughs> i thought that was like the cutest thing in the world they're yeah. like um we're gonna do this it's we not a even something people. where they like have a conversation it's just like so this is no. what we're doing so we have like weapons right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> let's do this and then jenny says that they have a tracker like boone has a tracker implanted into his body so they can know exactly where he is and they're having this whole conversation about how to do it and then they realize that G is like on the other side of the door listening and she gets this message from Lady like don't trust him don't tell him what yeah. you're doing because spoiler alert since she's pregnant yeah. she is on that higher plane now yeah like, exactly she's that. leveled so, up <laughs> she's like why am I getting messages like, yeah I still don't know I'm pregnant <laughs> what's going on and I think this might even be the chapter where she's like starting she fought, to think yeah, like maybe I, I am Jenny, but then she just shoves it I think aside. Jenny kind of like starts to hint like hey so uh so why are you so sick and she's like I don't know <laughs> shut up you know <laughs> it's but crazy. yeah she's on the side of the door and then she realized like oh well if they find kind of find out where he is like where Boone is at yeah like, in the sanctify property and so she's like I can call my dad yeah and so they call her dad and he's like, I still know people there. Like I can figure out, 
you know what the passcodes are basically it's like in space balls where it's like the passcode to the um atmosphere is like one 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 two 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 (laughs) that's what it reminded me of because they're able to sneak in because they have the passcode and I thought it was really interesting, like, that he, because in the books, like, the first novella itself, it kind of finishes where he's left Sanctify and kind of, like, burned his own, li- like, old life away. Yeah. But there's, like, little bits dropped in here where he still kind of believes in some of the stuff. Like, he still follows some of the stuff, but yet at the same time, he doesn't believe some of the stuff either. So it's, like, a really interesting balance of who he used to be with Sanctify and who he is now. Like yeah, totally. His, yeah. It's so, that's why he kind of, I thought it was interesting. Like, Oh, he still knows these people, you know, and yeah. that was something that the, that Ophelia wrestles with. Like, how does how, my dad still yeah, know these people? He, and they're like, so and how evil. close is he to them? Yeah. 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 I thought that was a really interesting. Like, yeah. Conflict. Yeah. So Boone, while he's imprisoned, thinks like, there's no way he's going to live through this. But the good thing is that Jenny is like totally qualified to be the next heir. So it's no big, like he's, aware that he's going to die, which I kind of really, I thought that this was a nice flip on the head for like sci-fi because like we were talking about romance, having such strong female characters, but like the male protagonist is saying like, I'm going to die. He's not like fighting to get out of it in like a reckless way where he's putting other people in danger. He's like trying to protect his loved ones and he knows that that's going to mean sacrifice. And that allows her the chance to come in and save the day. Yeah. And he knows that she's more than capable of leading the country. Like that, that he's totally fine with leaving that legacy behind and that she, that she could basically kill Christian and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly. So exactly. That was really interesting. Yeah. So he's like ready to lay down his life. And again, Ophelia is flipping cards and she pulls just the wheel of fortune. And that's like really helpful because she's realizing like, now that we've decided to do this and to save Boone, that's where this change happens. Like Mm -hmm. I kept not seeing any change when I was going to meet Christian, but now that I've decided that I need to be this strong person to go, you know, basically get my man, like now the wheel of fortune is enacting. And so that's really great too. And then it's just like a lot of battle. Like they get him out I loved Cole in this scene, like, like finding her. He's, and Cole is like of a special species, Bayite, Bayite, something where he can smell that she's pregnant. So he's like, oh, hey, you're the lady friend and you're pregnant. When they first meet, (laughs) they're like in the Sanctify inner grounds and she just like has to press a button to open up the cell. She has no idea who's in it. And it's him and he's like big giant cat. So he like attacks her and then he's like, oh, wait, I know you. He's been talking about you nonstop. And what the hell? Like you're pregnant. You're pregnant. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's like the cutest thing. And she and she had had just admitted to herself, like, because that's part of the reason why she's wanting to rescue him. She's like, well, if he's the father of my baby, like, I kind of have to try. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I called it like baby fever chapter. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I'm I'm getting some baby fever now. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, and now this is happening. Yeah. So they. Oh, I skipped farther ahead than they, i thought i did so we already got okay. him they out. rescue the crew and they get him and he's injured because of course he's been tortured boone's been tortured for hours and hours and hours yeah so they get him back to the ship he's ba- he's basically almost like dead and they lock the and cole locks them in the room together or jenny does jenny locks them in a room together and i'm like hallelujah i know i really kind of <laughs> i kind of ship cole and jenny even though he's part i know i do too they just yeah <laughs> but even though yeah yeah i know they just are so cute 
They are really cute. Um, but yeah, so they are locked in a room together. Oh, and she's also really sick because they go through three jumps and she like totally passes out. So both of them yeah. are like not in a great place, but at least she knows she's pregnant now. <laughs> yeah, at least she knows she's pregnant. Yeah. And they're both kind of like in the medical facility area together. Yeah. Like they like she's passed out and, and he's passed out, but they're both kind of being taken care of by other people. Right. And Boone doesn't and, know that she's pregnant. So that's one of no. the things. Now everyone does except for him. And so except for him, Jenny's yeah. like, when are you going to tell him? Like it has to happen. Yeah. Soon. And she's like, I can't tell him. And then we find out that Cole blabbed. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that Boone had heard them talking he, about it because they're all right, in the yeah. same room. But it was Cole who said it. So yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. why I said Cole yeah, blabbed. Yeah, yeah. Cole said <laughs> you're pregnant. Cole. But yeah. like they since they were both since he was passed out they didn't assume that he heard anything but he, he totally did, did. Yeah. and i and love he was that like too. well maybe it was the meds yeah, it's, I did like, too. it's, it's not like, like a secret really baby cute. she's not like being like i can't tell him because it'll be distracting it's like no now you know like it's just all right. of the information on the but, yeah on the table and so yeah they're lo- oh what the hell happened my kindle app just <laughs> oh no <laughs> no hold on. I, I i think the grumpiness in this chapter is really well done because they're both like grumpy so back and grumpy, forth to each other which they're makes so sense because they're both injured and sick <laughs> they're and they're both just injured like, and sad and like they want the other person to love them first and just yeah exactly <laughs> why don't you trust me all of that stuff um okay i think that i'm back to where i was so they're both left in the med bay while they're refueling on the um planet what planet are they on? Sanctus? No. I No, because they jumped like 400 times. Oh, right. They stopped somewhere to refuel and they're in... Tucatus 3 or Titus 3 or something. Oh, right, 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 right. So this is just like a refueling station. And they're left on the ship. And Boone falls asleep. But when he wakes up, she's not there because she's in the shower and he like tracks her down. And it's so sweet. I know, sweet. it was so cute. Because she just wants to get clean and do some readings. And he's yeah. like, where did, where you, did go? you go? I missed you. <laughs> I and know. so they, she's, and while she's showering, she decides that she has to kill Christian. Um, and, but they're like sort of in like a good place because she's feeling confident. Like, I know how I'm going to resolve this. Um, Cole comes in to check on Boone's wounds. And it turns out that Cole and his people have a relationship with Ophelia's grandpa, who's like a famous diviner, like a famous. See, okay. Cause I didn't catch on to it because I wasn't sure if men could divine or not. Yeah. Because Jeremiah. It's so female focused. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, Jeremiah was, um, her mom's dad and he's okay, the one okay. who was like the, I think the torturing that, um, the dad saw in the first book. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, but anyway, so she knows, or he tells her that he knows that he ha- that she has additional powers now. And Cole is totally team Boone and Ophelia. Um, <laughs> he brings them more tea and Boone is already asleep and they just kind of curl up together and it's really, They just cuddle really like, this is like lots of nice cuddling through yeah. these couple chapters. And then they wake up and sort of some sexy time stuff gets started, but she still won't say that she trusts him. So he just orders food. And so she and he gets really grumpy, grumpy, super yeah. grumpy. He like gets a whole bunch of food so he can be like fun. I don't want you anyway. And then <laughs> she gets sick because of the smells of the food. And while she's in the shower, she's like, you know what? If we're all gonna die because we're gonna try to kill Christian, we will never have a chance to enjoy our lives together anyway. So we might as well. I might as well just trust him now. And so that yeah. starts like kind of their solid relationship. I like like the notes that I left for myself are. Um, Bone Town, finger banging girl on top, ending with some banter. <laughs> I, I said, right sexy times are coming, and a coming is definitely many different ways to say that. Yeah. <laughs> 
But Cole is like a total sweetie. And so when they talk to her parents again, he or no, he talks to her parents again. No. Asked mom. Oh, yeah. Cole contacted Ophelia's mom to ask about what the best food for a diviner during their pregnancy is, which is so And they they call it, what what do they call pregnancy? They they call it like their bear breeding, breeding (laughs) time. All the species call it breeding time. Because Cole is a cat. (laughs) (laughs) But I just thought it was so funny. And and then, of course, everyone's like, oh. She called her mom shit. Yeah, and, and then she, like, and then oh, she fuck, realizes my dad like totally knows. I know. <laughs> I know. My dad totally knows. But then she was like, "Oh wait, my mom already kind of knew because if she has to get these like extra gifts, that's why she was telling me to drink all this tea and stuff." Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> so it comes to like realization that the mom already kind of knew what was going on, yeah. but she didn't let on. But so she yeah. decides she has to call her parents to like check with them, and her dad yeah. is a super big asshole about it, and her mom literally silences him like with emotion, yes. <laughs> and so that becomes clear that the next. Next phase after the motherhood phase of the diviners is actually being able to control what happens to other people. Yes. Oh, and I will say that during the sexy times, like Jenny pops in and like after one of the many sessions that was alluded to. And I love that she's and both of them are grumpy. And she says, you'd think y'all, with all the afterglow, they'd be in a better mood. Like she shouts <laughs> that out to everybody. And I was just like, Jenny, I love you. She's really funny. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. But anyway, so they're still trying to keep a handle on both ships. They're leaving the refueling station. People get moved around and um, G is back on the ship. But Ophelia gets a message from Lady to find him rather than like find him right away. And it turns out that he's a spy who gave a ton of info to Sadie and therefore Christian about all their flight plans because sanctify has his wife. And so he had been with that family for years, like friends with that family for years. Yeah. But then his wife got kidnapped. And so, yeah. So technically G is Jenny's first mate. Yeah, technically. exactly. And he's just been on with Boone for this one trip because I think he was using Jenny ship or something exactly. either way. But so, yeah, so Christian has uh, G's um, wife, and that's kind of how they know that they're not really safe because all the plans are in place. And then they call her parents again to sort of say, like, here's what's going on. And Christian has them and threatens, like, basically sexual assault against his mother, against Ophelia's mom. Yeah, and only Ophelia knows this because she, like, just called, like, in the sidelines. Oh, that's true. That's true. So Boone doesn't know that it's happening. Um, And so she leaves. She just, like, gets on an escape pod because this is now, like, a ship that she's familiar with and just leaves. And so Boone wakes up and she's gone. And he's really upset about it, but also kind of, like, understanding. Like, he pulls up the call records and all of the pieces fall into place about why she left. And he decides that he has to go after her. So he starts to go on track to her home planet, basically. Like, he kind of assumes that's where she's going. Exactly. And when she... So she goes off on the escape pod pod and gets picked up by Sadie's ship because Sadie is working for Christian. And so they have a bunch of conversations about like, you know, you, you do what you have to do to protect your family, blah, 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 blah. And Sadie says, Oh shit, you're pregnant and gives her another chance to get out of it. But she can't because her family's at risk and she doesn't want her parents to be hurt. Right. Um, and she's done some tarot readings through this and knows this is the right path to go on. Like the, making this decision, justice comes up. So for justice right, to justice happen, she has up. to do this. So it's not that she's doing this willy nilly. She's done a tarot reading to kind of say, this is the path you're supposed to do. Right. Exactly. And so Ophelia kind of warms to Sadie because Sadie's like, girl, you can't do this. Like Christian will kill you even more than he already would have because now you're carrying like a, you know, 
an air, air. apparent air uh, to the throat. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Boone and Jenny, his sister, switch places, and Jenny decides to stay with the refugees to defend them. And Boone is off to save Ophelia. And through all this, Christian keeps calling Ophelia with like really like wrong, really upsetting stuff. It's like, really stuff. So if so, if like sexual assault and stuff is a, a concern warning, of yours sure. then yeah definitely kind of like skim those pages and skip them because it was like really like just dis- it's it's very well done because it shows how sadistic he is but yeah. at the same time it's it's disturbing so well yeah and i will say that it's not like he's injuring well so it's unclear and the video that's like the most graphic is sexually graphic not violently graphic that yeah. like the yeah. conversation they have that's the most upsetting is more sexually graphic than like yeah. blood and gore, but yeah. you know, there's just but no it way is to know. implied that yeah, there was force happening. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, that's true. But anyway, so Sadie, not not though. Anyway, it's like an upsetting thing, but it's a plot point, yeah. and we're like at the you know pinnacle of this book at the crux so. of the crux of what's going yeah. on. So we have to keep going. So Sadie it. trades yeah. her to Christian's guards, and there are sanctify guards there as well, and that's like scary because it means that the high priest of the sanctify is also going to be there and he is basically being traded or she and her mom and her dad are being traded to sanctify because it's a traitor and two diviners for basically just a bunch of weapons of war and so it's clear that christian's goal is just to basically kill all of the refugees and boone's people and like sort of rest further control and sanctifies whole goal is just to torture and kill her family. And it's graphic like torture. It's not like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's like, you know, it's just kind of glazed over. Like it's a bit like, Ooh, that's, that's a games of thronesy. Yeah. And so Ophelia gets taken to the harem and that's where he, she is to the harem of Christian, like Christian's harem on this, in this palace. And it turns out that G's wife is there and G's wife gives her two sharp, sharp sticks to use as weapons. Like, She's like, they, the guards are too dumb to realize that these are weapons. And so she puts her hair up with them. Uh, she and her mom, who's also there, kind of share acknowledgement that readings can be open to interpretation. But they sort of both know that they're each grasping at straws. Like yeah. we're saying, because her mom keeps alluding to her own death. And she's like, but that's not what this has to mean. And they're both like, kind of, yeah, it does. And so she's sad, but she's also a little bit understanding. Uh, okay, so Cole, Bo- Cole and Boone land on the planet. They sneak into the castle through a secret enter- entrance that Boone found as a child because this is like his childhood home. And um, they hide. Ophelia and her mom are led to a stage that has like three torture hooks in front of the castle because they know there's like a crowd gathering. They're going to be tortured by Sanctify um, for being traitors or whatever. And Boone has hatched a plan. And so basically when Christian gets on the stage, Boone stands up at the back of the crowd and basically says like, I challenge you as heir to the throne basically. And so Christian and Boone start fighting. They have some conversations about what being a good son means. And then Christian, like a total like comic book villain dummy (laughs) has Boone on the ground and takes a minute to like have a monologue about how evil and justified (laughs) he is. I know. And Boone kills him. And then he's the new heir. Like it's just all happening. Like, like part of me was like a little like, like really, this is this easy. Like that's what I felt like. I was like, why are we wrapping? But then I was like, this is romance. We have to wrap it up with a nice little bow. Exactly. But at the same time, I was like, ha- why is it this easy? This whole, the whole thing has been like this whole tension. Exactly. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to have a speech and blah, blah, blah. I'm dead. You know, <laughs> like in front of a huge crowd. But meanwhile, while, while their fight is starting, Cole, um, like gathers up basically 
uh, Ophelia and her parents to like bundle them off to the yeah. ship because her dad was already like on the stake being tortured right. to death basically yeah exactly but while they're escaping they run into the high priest who's yes. the leader of Sanctify and also who if you read the first novella the first novella is about Ophelia's parents and so the high priest is like part of that like he's a really honest yeah. to god evil guy and yeah. because of the new powers that Ophelia's mom has to impact other people, she basically has him burn for his evilness. But in yeah. the process, spontaneous it also, combustion. Yeah, it also burns her. And so Ophelia's yeah. mom dies in addition to the high priestess dying or yeah. the high priest dying. High priest dying. Yeah. And so it's kind of like wrapped up like the Christian's dead. The high priest is dead. She's also lost her mom, but they like get back on the ship and they have just a solid conversation. Like, I love you. I love you too. They'd already said it, but this is like a very yeah. adult culmination of like, we just went through this crazy thing. We're having this kid together and Boone's like, marry me. And she's like, no, like no, we just went through okay. such a crazy thing. <laughs> like I can't marry you because it'll just be because we lived through this together. So they decide yeah. to keep being together and raise yeah. this child together. And it's happily ever after. I, I actually wrote Yay! He proposes. She says no because she doesn't want it to be just because of the pregnancy. But both of them, in capitalizations, verbalize like adults that they're in it to win it and love each other. Because oh. <laughs> I love it when people like have conversations. Like I feel like that is like such good storytelling to have it be like yes, not just the happily like ever after, but also yeah. the acknowledgement that life will continue to be complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that like, just because we've like had this relationship melted by fire and just because we're having a baby doesn't mean we necessarily be together as a couple forever. Yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's really like, let's just keep, let's, let's try to get some normalcy back into our lives and then let's see how this goes. Exactly. Yeah. I and that. I just think it was so well done. And the tarot cards in it are just so good throughout like, the Like we got thing. a spread out of this, Holly. We I got know. a legit spread. We totally got a legit I loved spread. It. And we'll share that I tomorrow know. because I really liked it. I actually got a lot out of it. And, and like, I feel, I felt so much clarity about some stuff that's going on when mm-hmm. I did it I was like okay yeah this You're is like, great okay, I got you yeah. so yeah I think we'll probably post about that for tomorrow um yeah and yeah the tarot was so 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 good so well done and it wasn't like forced into it at all like that's how I felt like yeah because sometimes you kind of feel like oh this is like a sideline just to keep the plot point moving this was like actual integration into daily life sort of stuff yeah and I so also I think that, par- that partially because in the previous two fictions that we read the tarot was happening to the lead character, but in this yes. book, she's a tarot reader. And so yeah. all of the like bringing in tarot felt so natural because that's the way that, I mean, if you had a deck and you were sitting bored on a spaceship, you'd also be like, God, do I even want to know what this is going to tell me? Like, I right, guess I right. might as well since I have yeah, nothing yeah, else to do. Yeah, I'll do some tarot readings for, you know, all these aliens that yeah. come to me if they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was, was just... I was like, this is totally me, like, on a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, minus, like, the, the you know, weapons and stuff. Yeah, minus, well, who knows? What would you do in that situation? I would probably just it's... cry. <laughs> I have no fight in me at all. <laughs> oh, there was one point where she had, like, a good cry, and I was like, oh, it's a Holly moment. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, like, after I she talked to her mom to and stuff, she was, like, overwhelmed with all the stuff she had to, like, pressure, and she was missing yeah. boo, and I was like, it's a Holly moments i think we just have to cry i know that was so cute but But yes i'm so glad that we had the opportunity to weave some romance into our tarot and that was just really really fun it was fun to talk about that with you i know yay so uh that's our show if you're interested in supporting us you can check out our patreon 
We still yes. didn't check to see what the actual URL is. It's Wildly Tarot Podcast. So search for us for Wildly Tarot Podcast okay. on, on Patreon. Patreon. And we'll, of course, post links places so you can find us more, like, easily Yes, that way. exactly. And we're nervous to do this because it feels really vulnerable to say, like, yes. hey, if you like us, support us. But if you like us, support us. Rate us on iTunes. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on yeah. Instagram. Our Instagram is Wildly Tarot Podcast. Our Facebook can be found through Wildly Tarot Podcast if you just search for it on Facebook. I am at Celestial Esther and Holly is at Holly Enchanted on Instagram. So you can find us individually there. And, and we'll have pictures of the book yeah, on totally. our iPads this week. The very <laughs> and maybe sexy the spreads. Cover. Of course, the spreads. And the as well. spreads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go forth and tear wildly. We love you guys. We love you so much. <laughs> Thank you.